It's the Real Roots Radio podcast, on-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Here's Daniel Mullins. Dale Farmer is joining us on Real Roots Radio today. He's the impetus behind the Mountain Miner motion picture. How are you doing today, Mr. Farmer? Hi, Daniel. It's great to be with you today. Doing well. Great to have you on the air. We spoke before COVID turned the world upside down about uh, this exciting motion picture, The Mountain Miner. Now, uh, man, months later, uh, it has kind of taken uh, taken the industry by storm, and you have a great new soundtrack out to accompany the film as well. Uh, for, th- for folks that may not be familiar, why don't you tell us the story behind the film, The Mountain Miner, and why it's so personal to you? Well, Daniel, my... Um I spent a lot of time with my grandparents growing up, and Grandpa and Grandma loved telling me stories about growing up in Kentucky and about how how the music uh, had such an influence on their lives and, and how they were pretty much forced to move to Ohio to make their living. And um, just uh, a, lot of, a lot of stories that I was starting to forget, and I uh, I wanted to write them down, and um, I'd been writing screenplays, so I, I wrote those stories in the form of a screenplay, and uh, one thing led to another, and we ended up making the movie, and uh, so it's uh, just tells the story of so many people that live in this area, in the Cincinnati and Dayton area, of having to come here and make a better life for their families. That Appalachian migration uh, filled uh, the the factories in Cincinnati, Dayton, Springfield, Middletown with all sorts of folks that moved up here uh, from Kentucky and Tennessee and West Virginia and the Carolinas. And it is the reason that uh, why bluegrass and country music found such a home here in the Miami Valley, that Appalachian migration that really helped transform the, uh, soci- the sociological a- landscape of southwestern Ohio for forever. Yeah, you know, so many of those people, when they moved up here, they were looked down on by the Northerners and, uh, you know, made fun of and so forth and really had a hard time fitting in. But they brought so much with them, and uh, the music being something that actually changed the world, changed the landscape of music for the whole country, and that's really something for us to be proud of now. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, speaking of music, uh, for folks that may not be familiar, when the the film is called The Mountain Miner, but it's not spelled M-I-N-E-R, it's M-I-N-O-R. Why is that? Well, you know, the uh, there's, there's a lot of musical styles. Uh, mostly we hear stuff in the major key, and then we hear a lot of the blues music in, in a minor key is that sadness, but... If uh, if you take that third note, instead of tuning it down a half step to become a minor chord, if you tune it up, that's what they called the mountain minor. And it gives you that spooky, lonesome feeling. And um, a lot of people have actually associated that with uh, the spirit world, evil spirits and good spirits. And it just has a, a, a quality to it that can transport you someplace. And that that's what happened to me when I was a kid and first listening to this music. I would I would hear the songs in that mountain minor key and just get this feeling like I was back in the mountains and I'd never even been there before. And so it's a sound that connects us over the generations. And that was kind of the theme of our movie. It was how the music connected the family through the generations. And that mountain minor sound 
played a part in it in our movie. We heard the song Across the Ohio. You wrote that song specifically for this film, didn't you? Actually, it's the other way around. I, I wrote that song, and it gave me the idea to write the film. Oh, wow. Uh, I had yeah. it backwards then, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, one of the stories Grandpa told me over and over again was how he was pretty much a kid when they first came up here, and he got a job working in the automobile factory making a dollar a day. And he told me that story so many times, and and that was the first verse that I wrote to the song and wrote the rest of the song around it. and. It really uh, just kind of inspired me to to go further and, and write the movie. So that's, that's how that happened. One thing that's uh, cool about the music in The Mountain Miner that also applies to the soundtrack as well is all the musical performances were recorded live on set instead of in uh, some sort of controlled environment like a studio. Why did you choose to do that, and why did you choose to maintain that uh, consistency on the soundtrack as well? Well, it it also answers another question, was why did I hire professional musicians to play the parts of the actors? And Absolutely. That's something you don't see very often. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you really never see it. But um, the, the biggest thing for me was to give an authentic musical experience to the audience. Um, that's something we don't see. You know, films, they film or they record the music in a studio and then the actors pretend like they're playing it on set. And if you're a musician, you, you notice that their fingers aren't playing what you're hearing and so forth. And uh, there's just something about that music that I just, I just wanted a real authentic experience. I wanted the audience to feel like they were right there on the porch listening to them, uh, rough edges and all. And so uh, we recorded it right on set as they were playing it. If they made a little mistake, we left it in because that's what you would have heard if you were on the porch with them. And for that reason, uh, we weren't going to make a soundtrack. We we thought, you know, that with all the imperfections, it wouldn't go over that well. But with all of our uh, film showings, people kept asking for it. I kept getting emails and messages asking for a soundtrack. So we went ahead and went forward with it. And uh, the response has actually been pretty overwhelming. And so it, it turned out to be a real good thing for us. And the soundtrack is pretty hearty as well. 39 tracks of varying length and uh, features all sorts of great performances of uh, mountain music. Why was music so important in Appalachian culture and especially in the culture of Appalachian transplants that moved up here to southwestern Ohio? Well, I've, I've said this in just about every interview. My grandpa used to tell me that when he was growing up, he had three things. He had work church and the fiddle and he said the only entertainment and the only music that he ever had was what he made for himself you know there was he didn't have a radio he didn't have a record player and so at the end of a long work day they would sit down on the porch or in the kitchen or fireplace and, and play music and that was the beauty in their life and it's something that sustained their spirits and their souls and when they came up here they brought that with them and shared it with everyone else. And, you know, it's we, we love the music. It's such a part of our life. I, I have a song playing in my head at, at all times, but I still don't think that I have the kind of connection that those folks would have had, being that that was the only music they had. He also told me that he and his mom walked for two hours to get to church on a Sunday, 
And there would be men who did not want to go to church, but they would sit outside the windows and listen to the music because it was the only music they ever heard. Mm-hmm. And I just that's just an amazing history for us to carry forward. What's also remarkable about uh, music when it comes to the, the migrant population that moved up here from uh, the mountains is in a world filled with strange sights and sounds and unfamiliar people and places, music for a lot of folks was the only connection to their to their homeland that they had once they got to, to the big city. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, really a, a big part of that was your grandfather, Moon Mullins. You know, I was in a meeting recently, and that came up how um, – the folks could tune in their radio every day and, and hear Moon, and he made them feel like they mattered up here. They, he kept them connected, and um, that's that's something that I've also tried to do with through the film is to to make people feel like they matter. That our that our music means something, and it can still connect us to some older times. It can help us to see where our grandparents and parents came from. It, it can be another look back for older um, Appalachians to, you know, take one last look at their, at their home lifestyle and, and um, maybe share that with their grandkids and kids. Absolutely. You mentioned my grandpa, Paul Moon Mullins. One thing he did uh, with his style of broadcasting, especially up here in, in the Miami Valley, was to present this music and portray its people with, with dignity and respect. And one thing that you've done with your film and the soundtrack is take that those same two characteristics, dignity and respect, and your portrayal of Appalachian people and its music. And I thank you. Yeah, there's just, you know, when you watch films and, and TV shows, they so often um, portray Appalachians as in, in a negative way. And um, I just... You know, that's not the world I grew up in, and its I'm sure it's not the world you grew up in. It's um, All I ever saw was, was hard work and, and decency among the Appalachians that I was around, and so I wanted to show uh, that side of, of our heritage. Absolutely, and, and you've been able to take this film and, and its music and uh, the story of its people uh, worldwide. Why don't you tell us about some of the unique opportunities and filming uh, uh, or premiering experiences with the film The Mountain Miner over the past several months? It sounds like it's been a whirlwind. You know, I, I really thought it would be you know mostly just popular around here in the Appalachian area. Our world premiere at the film festival was in uh, Carson City, Nevada. And what surprised me is they were so excited about it. They were unfamiliar with this music. And they got a grant and flew my producer and Hazel, one of our child actors, and me out there and had us put on Appalachian music and dance workshops in the middle school. And we we taught the kids how to play a, a fiddle tune by ear and taught them how to dance to it. And that was the, the, the our first showing and, and the beginning of, of, of what's turned into such a, a widespread interest that I really didn't expect. Um, there, um, I'm hearing from a lot of folks in England and Canada and and other countries who have seen it and written me uh, to uh, express you know their their thanks for sharing the film with them. 
and uh, you know we've we've been showing on a lot of the public TV channels and uh, other networks, and it's it's just been a, an amazing experience. And the soundtrack has garnered praise from Bluegrass Unlimited magazine, American Songwriter, and more. Uh, now, any folks worldwide can see the film on Amazon Prime now, right? Well, it's, Amazon Prime is only available in the United States and the United Kingdom. But, okay. Um, it can be seen worldwide on Vimeo On Demand. Okay, Vimeo and, On but, Demand, or if you're in the yeah. States or in the, the UK, you can see it on Amazon Prime. Correct. And it, and it has aired on some different satellite networks, you were telling me, but for folks that just have your regular old local TV, it's going to be airing locally here in the coming weeks, right? Yeah, we're really excited about this. Um, Think TV in Dayton and CET and Cincinnati are going to be showing it in December. And this is just really good because um, there's so many, especially older folks that aren't going to get on Amazon Prime. Um they can they can watch it now, and it's just really important to me that folks in this area see the film and um, and can use it as a way to embrace their heritage and and share their story with others. And it's it's also a chance for non-Appalachian people maybe to get a better understanding of of our culture and where we come from, and and have a a better appreciation for the Appalachian people in the area. The Mountain Miner will air on Think TV in Dayton at various times from December the 19th through the 25th, and on CNT in Cincinnati from December the 18th through the 25th. Uh, go to thinktv.org, uh, thinktv.org to learn more about the Mountain Miner and its airings uh, here in the Miami Valley on uh, Think TV and CET. Thank you so much for joining me on Real Rich Radio today, Mr. Farmer. Where can folks go to learn more about the film and the soundtrack? Well, they can go to our webpage, themountainminermovie.com, or just Google The Mountain Miner. Or if you're on social media, you can check us out on Facebook or Twitter or, or um, Instagram and uh, learn all you would ever want to learn about The Mountain Miner. Be sure to check him out on social media. Go to themountainminermovie.com for more details. Catch The Mountain Miner on Think TV in Dayton from December the 19th through the 25th and on CET in Cincinnati from December 18th through the 25th. You can also see it on demand with Vimeo on demand or on Amazon Prime. Go to Amazon Prime if you have an Amazon Prime account and uh, see The Mountain Miner from our friend Dale Farmer. Thank you so much for joining us on Real Roots Radio today. Thank you, Daniel. It's been a pleasure speaking with you again. Keeping you informed with real regional headlines every weekday morning and Fox News every hour on the hour. Stay in the know by keeping your dial on Real Roots Radio.